in the, uh, the in the description on the on the front of the on the cover of the adventure. Um, the adventure actually has it, the, the name of it is in binary code. Are you being run down by a train? <laughs> I am. There's a train coming for me. For the love of God, man, get off the track. We'll wait. Your we'll life wait. is worth saving. Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators with the occasional side quest for bomb cyclones and garbage twisties. <laughs> My name is Fenwald Griswick. And I'm Chaotic Anarchy. I am still the Kilted Sea Lord TK. Yay! And I just want to take a minute to say hi to TK's mother-in-law, faithful listener <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> he has told us such wonderful things about you. Uh, in fact, hi, I'd like to know if you're single, and if you are, if you could oh, contact the no. channels, that would help us out. <laughs> Oh, no. It's going to be great if she listens to it now. And we have a special guest. Everybody say hello to Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi. How are you? I'm Craig. (laughs) Craig is a meaningless name. He is actually Nerd Burger Craig, for those of you who are the the who's at who. Yes. (laughs) All over the interwebs. (laughs) Craig is an amazing game designer uh, and also an architect. Oh yeah, in the day in the day job in the real world. Yeah. In fact, he once had a, a vibrant and lucrative architecture firm, uh, and frankly, he gave it up to help our co-host TK find deeper and more disturbing <laughs> ways to destroy his players. My first question to you is this: Do you sometimes wish you had stayed a millionaire? <laughs> Me. <laughs> you know very little about what architects make. <laughs> please, please, if you have the secret of making millions, let me know. It was my understanding that architects are in charge of making sure that you know buildings full of humans don't come screaming to the ground in a giant pile of horror. I assumed that you were paid appropriately for such no, a well, responsibility. Technically, the structural engineer makes takes takes care of that. Um, architect is one of those job positions that is largely managerial and coordinating. You know, like you, you have to be a jack of all trades. You have to know a little bit about every discipline that goes into the building, just enough to be dangerous, but not enough to actually do the job of the mechanical and the electrical and the plumbing and so forth. Get um, out. I love yeah. this. <laughs> it's, Why it's, am I uh, not an architect? <laughs> <laughs> well, for reasons. <laughs> 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 That's a different podcast episode. You know, and then there's and then there's the fun the the fun designy side where you get to make things look pretty. Yes. And make them functional so that like all the right spaces are next to all the right other spaces so that people can use the building properly. That's um, the part I saw on how I met your mother. Yeah. 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 Oh God! Don't even get me started on how I met your mother. Representation actually, of architecture. I, I actually had a discussion today with one of my coworkers about. Uh, construction workers and architects and he's like well the architects you know they they just do what they're told like no the structural engineers screwed our building up when they told the architect it'll look be really nice to put a faraday cage in the ceo's office (laughs) (laughs) i used to actually print blueprints for architectures 
Now, were they actual blueprints, or is that what you are calling floor plans? Ac- <laughs> because nobody's used, used a blueprint machine in 20 years. Yes. Um, so it depends on how long you've been doing it, because yeah, some people true. still have that preference. Yeah, yeah. If it's, I mean, you can get records of older buildings that are still the old white line on blue Which paper. Which is so cool. Yeah. yeah, it looks cool, but that's not how we do it anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Laser that's printers are better. <laughs> those blueprint for the record those blueprint machines if you ever used one of those machines mm-hmm. um if you ever if you ever ever as if you were younger um if you're old enough now to have been young when the mimeograph was used um and you would get the copies fresh out of the mimeograph machine and it would have that kind of alcoholy smelly mm-hmm. quality to it that's kind of what the blue line machines are like they have a smell because it's a chemical thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, the last time I used uh, a blue line machine was in school, in college. I have never once um, actually pulled a piece of paper off of a blue line machine in uh, professional practice. <laughs> they, they probably yeah, they don't offer them anymore, right? You could probably get them out there. Yeah, but you know, the, the the advent of the laser printer made that all obsolete. I went to school for photography and they don't have like the um, dark rooms anymore because yeah. everything's digital now. It's sad. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you want to huff chemicals, you got to lock yourself in a closet <laughs> with a bottle of Windex. <laughs> <laughs> you got to You got to buy those chemicals yeah, and take them home and do it old school. If you want cancer, you got to do it the old fashioned way and go out to a benzene truck. Just pour it all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, then you don't get cancer. You suddenly get superpowers. It's like, ah, oh, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> or do whippets. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> Whip it good. <laughs> so are you moving into tabletop gaming because uh, automation is replacing architects with AutoCAD? <laughs> um, no, I work in AutoCAD quite a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the tabletop gaming thing because I love gaming and I've been gaming for 30 years. Um, and I did a bunch of freelancing. At, at one point, I got the opportunity and kind of built a little bit of a resume with that. And then... Uh, a while back, decided, hey, I'll just try to make my own game, and then that that one did okay, um, enough to tempt me to do more, and I just kind of rolled on forward. Now, Craig, you have multiple games on Drive Through RPG. Yup. Uh, chief among them at five stars, uh, at least <laughs> in my mind's eye, is Murderers and Acquisitions. Murders and Acquisitions, yes. Uh, can you go pure murder? Can you go pure <laughs> acquisitioner? Or must you play both sides of that particular coin? Technically, you can go either direction with that. I, I could have, I suppose, named the, the game Murders and Slash or Acquisitions. <laughs> uh, just for the pedant out there. Truth in um, advertising. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, you can go either way. You can, you can fight your way up the corporate ladder by just, you know, removing um, your uh, rivals from in front of you. Because some people just need a good push down an elevator shaft sometimes, <laughs> and um, or you can or you can uh, you know you can look to uh, amass wealth and buy your way up, or you can you know destroy people socially or get them indicted, or there's all sorts of ways to make people not a problem anymore. <laughs> you just <laughs> call it problem. second edition and then rename it, and then it'll be like you know Dungeons and Dragons to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Like there's not much that changed except the name, and that's about it. But it was a whole new game system. TK, this sounds like the game for you. <laughs> it really does. I wanna... Make people disappear in various ways. <laughs> yeah, but you can't poison them through the cafeteria unless you bribe Aramark. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Be the next thing. We'll just get Adam and Elf to stream it. Like, We're just going to get random players now. They're not going to survive this session, but that's okay. <laughs> now, there's an add-on to that game uh, that's entirely in binary. 
Uh, are you working on translations That's for cool. all of the non-base 10 languages? <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe trinary no. or French? In the, uh, the, in the description, on the, on the front of the, on the cover of the adventure, um, the adventure actually has, it, the, the name of it is in binary code. <laughs> are you being run down by a train? <laughs> I am. A train coming for me. For the love of God, man, get off the tracks. We'll wait. Your we'll life wait. is worth saving. Everybody hit Don't pause. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. Don't hit pause. No, don't hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay, like rule number six. <laughs> what an inauspicious end to the Kickstarter. <laughs> now we have to add that to the list. Yes. No. <laughs> let's talk about the Kickstarter. Yes. So one of your other games is Capers Noir. And right. you just Lovely. posted the Kickstarter four days ago on March the 12th, 2019. That is um, correct. You asked for 800 bucks, but as of this <laughs> recording, you're over three grand. I am. Ooh, congratulations. I saw many images of detectives in fedoras solving crimes. I'm very excited. I would like <laughs> to know more about this uh, this Kickstarter. It's a supplement, actually, for a game that I designed called Capers um, that uh, went to Kickstarter and got published last year, which is set in the Prohibition era of the 1920s um, and is uh, revolves around gangsters and law enforcement officers who happen to have superpowers. Um, and kind of like, you know, mid-level um, X-Men B-team sort of superpowers. Nobody's spinning the world off its axis or anything sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that game did fairly well, and I got like a little following. And it's actually had a pretty good, you know, pretty good uh, sales tale post-Kickstarter fulfillment. And so I decided I'll be a sucker, and I'll try to make a supplement, which is a hard sell to begin with. Mm. Because not everybody who buys the core game buys the supplement. Um, and I'll do it for this little indie game, which means it'll sell even less. Um, <laughs> and I spent... I spent avant-garde. <laughs> yeah. I spent um, a great deal of time over the last month or so before the Kickstarter being worried about that, but being like, oh, I'll give it a try. And even if I just scrape by and I get enough to make it, then I, I can make the thing, I can put it out there, and then I'll, I'll roll on. But if it does well, then maybe I make more. So Capers mm-hmm. Noir... Um, came out of the box like incredibly hot and funded super fast and had the the opening day for the Capers Noir Kickstarter had more backers and more dollars pledged than the opening day of the Capers Kickstarter. Nice. Which is incredible to me. Well, it's a good sign of about a good product. I I hope so. And I think I'm I'm finding a lot of people are taking backer levels that get them the core game as well. So it's kind of like round 2 um, on Kickstarter for the core game. So there's people who have maybe heard about it or or maybe just didn't hear about it and are ju- now just discovering it. So um, so they're finding the core game there too. Now, Capers Noir itself takes the story forward to the 40s um, and it's no longer kind of gangster shoot-em-ups. It's now uh, like wo- uh, World War II years, um, 1940s crime noir stories. Um, nice. So dark, dark seedy... Um, you know, everybody's smoking cigarettes in the rain. Uh, you know, everything kind of goes everything kind of goes poorly. There's mysteries that unravel and spiral off in weird directions. And then a lot of the uh, the Bo- additional Bogart stuff. Bogart and kind of shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, this is like right up my alley. You have no idea. <laughs> and um, all the, the player options and, and a lot of the GM stuff that's in there is also perfectly usable in the core game. Um, but then, you know, it's there's there's... 
at least portions of it that are themed nicely for for noir and then there's the setting setup that gives you a, like a los angeles um noir backdrop with a whole bunch of uh, la kind of stuff uh, defined and then there's uh, other stuff that's being developed for the setting as well actually through a stretch goal that happened um real early on there um we're going to do uh Shireen Gilchrist is going to do uh, four little city write-ups, like one page a piece for some other cities. Nice. Um, to kind of give you other places. Like, you can take your characters over to Phoenix or to San Francisco um, for a little while. Or you can use that to kind of build your own, like, full, more fully developed uh, setting in one of those cities. Gives you a baseline to start from, so... That's really cool. Oh, that is that is really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. You're mixing in the Chinatown, which is making it better. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> now, so does uh, Capers have like a patient stat for all those stakeouts that your character is going to be on? Patience. Um, that's probably uh, more up to the GM. Just because, like, let's face it, like the stakeout, you know, the long wait for something to happen. Sure. Um, in gaming, what that usually translates into is the players goofing around for an hour and a half before the GM interjects and says, and, you know, rocks fall. Um, <laughs> or, or the goblins attack. Or, yeah, right. you know, the spaceship arrives or whatever. So um, the, the patience is probably more in the hands of the GM just making sure to wrangle the players into the story. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the last thing I'm going to ask you about is, uh, so TK would kill me. If we don't talk about your GM-less tabletop game called Die Laughing. <laughs> yeah. uh, scale of 1 to 10, how much of Die Laughing was stolen from Heath Ledger's Joker? <laughs> um, three. All right. three 30%, 30% was directly inspired by the Joker. So I actually haven't heard about this game yet. How does it work? Um... It's GMless. It kind of it plays qu- short. You know, it plays quickly. It's a, like an hour to two hours, depending on how many players you have. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And basically, the way it works is you've got a whole bunch of character archetypes that are just like one-page characters. You make a cup. You, you, you spread. You know, uh, uh, give everybody a character. They make a couple mm-hmm. of choices about the character, and that's that's all the prep for the characters. You're ready to go. Pick a monster from the the you know bunch of monsters that are pre- uh, presented in the game book, and that's all your GMing prep. Um, and then the, the game sit, the game takes you through, uh, you know, with no GM, all the players are working together, um, to see who can die first and fastest and funniest, because, um, <laughs> that's what the game is about. It's you, you're, when you play the game, you're buying into the idea that your character is going to die and just, so just make it funny. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the, the rule section itself has like an act and scene structure to it where you'll be making some roles and, and randomly determining different scenes that'll take you through act one act two and act three and as you go along things become deadlier and deadlier and characters die faster um and by the time you get to the end maybe there's one survivor um and uh and that's and it it, the the conceit of it is that you're actually portraying characters in a horror comedy movie um so when your character is gone if they get turned into a sexy vampire or murdered by the mad slasher um (laughs) then you become a producer on the movie and continue to screw around with everybody else until the end of the game. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. That'd be great for Gen Con. I'm looking forward to I've ha- I've had very good luck with it at um at at uh conventions because it's a mm-hmm. nice, you know, you can you can get a table of 6 or 7 people that have never played it before and run it in 2 hours. 
Um, so I'm, yeah, it'll, it'll be at Gen Con this year. I'm looking forward to seeing how okay. it's received. Awesome. Yeah, all the games will be at Gen Con this year, actually. I've got Team Nerdburger all lined up and ready to go. Yes. Oh, we'll stop over and say hi. Well, most of us will be running games in the IGDN room, Indie Game Developer Network. Mm-hmm. Always has a room there with a bunch of indie game uh, okay. tables. Yeah. And then one of the people is going to be running, um, I believe he's going to end up running Capers and Die Laughing at Games on Demand. I'm writing it down. so for those of you who are in the market for a slightly used architecture degree from a middle university (laughs) i would highly encourage you to stop by the thread raiders ebay account as soon as possible (laughs) we're gonna have to make one because that's like the third time you made a joke and then you're like where's the ebay account we need to make a fake one. We're going to start. Well, that's going to be the. After this episode drops, we're going to get a bunch of messages. Where is the eBay account for Threadrate? Like, look, <laughs> post the link. Look. Post the link. <laughs> we have to make a fake it wasn't one. wasn't in the show notes. <laughs> in addition, on the TV show Seinfeld, George Costanza pretended to be an architect to pick up women. I am here to tell you that it works much better if you tell them you're a game master. But what's better to pretend to be a marine biologist or an architect? Ooh. If you want to go deep on Seinfeld. I don't. I don't know how to make Twitter polls, so it'll be a while. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> it's promo time. This episode of the Thread Raiders podcast is brought to you by the letters Q and Umlaut. This episode is also sponsored by Tabletop Loot, the best place on the web to find quality gaming accessories for your D&D, Pathfinder, Fate, or whatever TTRPG you happen to love is, game. Sure, that's English. They also have mugs, dice jails, and other great miscellany. And if you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, you will receive a discount off your entire order. I find it hard to believe you're going to find a better deal than that. Visit TabletopLoot.com today to check out their great selection of gear. Tabletop Loot, loot for every table. This episode is also sponsored by Founders Coffee. There are only so many hours you get to spend alive here on this planet. Now, for some of you, the afterlife grants you your own planet. So for you, my concern for your lost time will seem pedantic. But for the rest of you, spending countless hours standing in line at the local coffee shop or even worse, in line at one of the five buildings that all have the exact same franchise coffee shop directly across the street from the train station, simply does not make sense. That's why there's Founders Coffee. Roasted beans simply taste better with a little bit of patriotism. Proudly packaged right here in the U.S. of A., you haven't truly woken up until you've downed a cup of their Old Glory Medium Blend Roast. Set your coffee maker timer for Reveille, set your sights on www.founderscoffee.us, and set yourself up with a bag or two of coffee so good, it'll raise your flag in the morning. Founders Coffee, patriotic to the last drop. And now, back to our show. It's a tough beat, but somebody's got to do it. It's community update. Yay, we're singing the song. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, so I have a couple updates. Uh, Lasers and Liches Retroverse is fully funded, literally within like five minutes. (laughs) Um, For those who don't know, Retroverse was introduced into the D&D 5e universe via Laser Corky's Pizza Slimes and Arcade Mimics. 
<laughs> They're about $5,000 short from the $100,000 mark, which could give those who have supported so far an additional five subspecies, six subclasses, two backgrounds, pre-generated characters, and 30 more spells and magic items. We have 15 hours to do this. I believe we can because <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, we will add a link here with the podcast. You can click on it and see what it's all about. Uh, there are PDF copies there too. The artwork is incredible. Um, I know TK has run a game of Retrovers yes, also. A, mm -hmm. a few actually, just only that one was streamed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we, if you want, you can always go to our YouTube channel on Thread Raiders and you could watch the Retroverse Plate if you'd like to see that first before making um, a, not, not a plea, <laughs> a pledge. There you go. We're making a pledge. Next, we have the Stink Razor. With the help of some of amazing companies such as Soul Bear, Welcome Party RPG, Fierce Ferrets, and the love from the community as a whole, we were able to raise $3,619 nice. for Alex. Yes. Thank you so amazing. much for coming out and supporting Alex. She really appreciates it. And it's going to go a long way and help her with her medical expenses. We cannot thank you enough. Also, um, Thread Raiders is now a Twitch affiliate. So we're super excited about that. We cannot wait. We just got our first subscriber and we're super excited. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, one subscriber. <laughs> And it was Craig, and that's how he got on this show. So, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so that we Don't had rat, uh, Craig somebody out. subscribe during like one of mine and uh, during one of the Kilton Beard streams. Well, thank you for subscribing. We don't have anything for you because it just happened. <laughs> but <laughs> stay tuned because we have a lot of exciting plans coming up. And yeah, that was my updates. If you would like a laser corgi delivered to your home, <laughs> log on to the Twitch account immediately. Get on down and party. All right, TK. What do you got for me? Uh, TK. I got a game that I know all of us remember this movie. And it's, it's another one of my... Is it Casablanca? And, uh, no, no, that would be... Although I have a feeling if uh, when I pick up uh, Craig's new Capers Noir, I am running a Casablanca game of that. So stay tuned to the Threaders channel when I get a bunch of suckers to play that game with me. <laughs> uh, it is Men in Black, the uh, tabletop RPG. Ooh. Based Alien. off of the movie. Made by whom? Do I get to be a cockroach? Uh, it is made by West End Games, who unfortunately oh. is no longer around. Uh, this was actually one of the last things they did before they went out of business and became seven other minor companies that the partners tried making. Actually, uh, I got to chat with one of the partners when I asked if I could use uh, Ghostbusters in a game. He's like, he sent me a list of everyone who owns that property. And he's like, if you want, you could just use the D6 OpenGL. Like, all right, I'm going to do that. Because <laughs> writing 400 people is not worth it. I'm not sure that the authors immediately went out of business is the best selling point for this particular game, but... Um, it, they they went out of business because of uh, the game that we all know and love was being bought uh, from TSR by Wizards of the Coast. Ah, uh, Wizards quite literally had a lot more money when they partnered with TSR than every other game company did in the nineties. <laughs> so this game did not uh, last long on the shelves, mostly because D and D overtook it. Interesting. All right, so none of that matters. Can I use the tiny tiny gun? <laughs> 
You can. It's actually statted in here. It's D6, so it's a 4D6 gun. Yes. And, and you have to make a body roll to see if you fly or not. <laughs> the noisy they, cricket. It even says you have to make a body roll of uh, above three. So if your body's below three, you go flying like Agent J did when he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was like, that is the greatest thing ever. I love it. I believe that every single weapon in every single tabletop RPG game should have some sort of nasty side effect that happens if you roll like a three or something like that. Have you read my cursed items compendium? I'm well aware I mean? of your <laughs> grimoire of doom. Yes, I've, I've seen these things. My players don't like it too much, but other people will. Other GMs are going to be like, you know what? My players really pissed me off. Here's this awesome sword you get. I'm not going to tell you that I'll kill you after two weeks. What was that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Here are these beautiful earrings that require souls or else it'll start eating your hit points every time you move. What was that? Nothing. They're really pretty, right? Very <laughs> sparkling. Uh, this game, uh, it is based off the D6 system, which is nice. It's uh, you start off, you have ten character points, but if your name is more than eighteen letters long for your last name, you lose one character point. <laughs> because that means your name is too difficult, and even in the rule says things you will need: four D6 dice. These are easy. Steal them from Monopoly. <laughs> a number two pencil a number three pencil work good luck <laughs> like mechanical pencils are okay do not use a pen these character sheets are expensive <laughs> like, <laughs> it quite literally tells you go down go photocopy the character sheet for your part for your group it's like so it's pretty much saying hey look somebody spent money on these don't ruin them all right so let me ask you this so if I'm in this universe and there's aliens and things like that, am I basically an, an alien hunter? Like, am I ice? You're like the men in black. I mean, sometimes you're ice, sometimes you're protecting the world from aliens. Uh, sometimes you're transported to the Wild West, which is one of the modules they released for this. Okay. <laughs> and the goal is to not be... The men in black cannot be known. You do get a flashy thingy. Oh, that's fun. And there's a chance you could flashy thingy yourself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I I like this more and more of just if you get if you get an epic failure, which is uh, four negatives on a deneuralizer roll, you deneuralize yourself and have to roll a new character. You want to be a really hardcore GM? It's like if the player doesn't say, "I put my shades on first. Yeah. If they, if they don't say it, they don't do it. <laughs> You know, it's like you've it's like you've played with me before. What do you do next? And be specific. <laughs> Don't tell him to be specific. Just ask him. So what's up? Yeah, what are you gonna do? I neuralize. Him. All right, make a new character, huh? <laughs> Say somebody's like, I want to overcharge my gun because it's a thing you can do. You can overcharge your weapon to throw it. Ah, <laughs> it even says bomb. that in caps to sure. throw it. But like, I want to overcharge it and fire. I, Just, I can just see a whole table looking like, what, what's wrong with you? Can I play Tony Shaloub so that if my hand gets exploded, <laughs> it just grows back two seconds later? That is a, a feat in the game, yes. Oh, uh, nice. For growing oh, parts. That's awesome. You can take growing that as parts. a character point. As a spend a character point, you can regrow yourself. See, that's what I, I, I wouldn't even care about the story anymore. I just find creative ways to blow myself up. <laughs> 
All right, so <laughs> how does one get a perk? Every level you get a perk. Oh, okay. And, so they come uh, naturally as you're playing along. They do, but leveling is weird in this. And I say weird because it doesn't tell you how to level at all. It says, at the end of every scene, give experience. But doesn't say, because I think it was more of an incomplete system, doesn't say how much experience equals a level. Yeah, they were packing up all the filing cabinets at that point, so... <laughs> They had, they, they had already packed up the editors. Yeah. <laughs> Series 4, de-atomizer. That's what I'm talking about. Noisy cricket. It's tea time. Tea time. Yay. Tea time? Uh, tea time tea is the portion time. of our show where we check the so-called facts on the underside of a popular beverage tea brand, which shall remain nameless. <laughs> uh, your options are... <laughs> is this the first you're hearing of this? No, no, I just didn't realize it was... I, I guess I missed the tea time oh, gotcha. title. title. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have heard these, yes. Uh, your options will be true, false, or huh. Uh, I will read the fact and then wait for your response. Snapcap fact number 922. Maine is the only state with a one-syllable name. <laughs> going through the states of the country sung by the... Animaniacs, <laughs> the capitals, the states and their capitals. Um, See, you're using my, you're doing the same thing I do, Craig. You're using my trick. I'm just going to all the states. I'm just, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna throw in and say true. Yeah, I'm gonna say true because it sounds, it's, it sounds like it's monosyllable. I can confirm that Maine is monosyllable. All right, I'll go with true. All right, and the answer is false. No, huh? no. Which Iowa. One are you no. Uh, wait, Iowa? Iowa? Iowa. Huh? <laughs> There's not a single person on this planet who says Iowa. But I do. <laughs> I'm driving to Iowa. <laughs> to Iowa? Yeah, it. <laughs> I feel like Rocky would. Yeah. In a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa. Uh, I feel manipulated. So maybe we're going to Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Snapcap fan. Adrian, we're going to get in the car. We're gonna get in the car. We're gonna go to Iowa. <laughs> Normally we'd go to Atlantic City. I don't. This is some no. new thing. <laughs> if only he had been here to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat fact number eight one seven. No, I can't do it. That's, that's copyright infringement. We have to stop now. We've hit our limit. <laughs> Snapchat fact number eight one seven. Karate originated in India. Tiki, I'm looking at you. Is that true? Ooh, insider knowledge. I didn't study karate. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but all those martial arts are the same, right? <laughs> TK studied sword play. That's different. I don't, that would be interesting. Uh, I, I'm going to go with false. All right. I'm going to go with true. Ooh. One of us I'm going to go with huh. There we go. Covering the bases. Covering all our bases. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I mean, when I was in martial arts, that was one of the things that I, th I thought would be brought up, at least at some point, in 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I looked at you. And the answer is false. Ooh. Uh, Ryu Kayu is the name of a kingdom of uh, uh, Malaysian peoples who lived in the Pacific Ocean on a series of islands in and around Okinawa. Uh, originally, in the 1400s, they were conquered by the Chinese, 
who brought to them uh, Kung Fu. Uh, but then the Chinese left and they went on to develop their own martial art, uh, which they referred to as Tai Ti, which means Chinese hand. Uh, when the Japanese took them over in 1879, they imported Tai Ti to Japan and renamed it Kara Ti because they hated the Chinese. So Kara Ti means open hand. Hmm. And that's that solid. I learned from Mr. Miyagi. That's correct. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Fun fact, Kara T will debut in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't it in the Olympics at some point and then got removed because I know there's there's there are there are competitions and sports and things that kind of get removed and sometimes come back and I was thinking mm -hmm. about that. Um, I don't know if any other martial art has been in the Olympics. However, they're making a huge fuss about the fact that karate has never been in the Olympics. So oh, wow. there it is. Do we know where the Olympics is going to be in 2020? In Tokyo. Yes, I feel like they're padding their medal count. Oh, yeah. I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like judo's in the Olympics. Uh, well, I mean, if they would study, you know, wing, if they allow Wing Chun, then yeah, they're, they're yes. really padding their they're really padding their count there. Because in order, or that dragon ship where they can run up the walls. <laughs> Snapcap fact number seventy-two: the average person uses one hundred and fifty gallons of water per day. For personal use. But, huh? No, I want to say false. Average Why? person. Because worldwide, what? every age. Uh, it does not specify. Okay. Huh? <laughs> that's that's a good use. That's not huh? a good. That's not a good. It was. Huh? It was a very good. Good. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go with true. And the answer is false. Yes. So uh, what I did was I did kind of a cross-section of different countries. Um, I took a look at the USA. I took a look at the UK. And I took a look at several African countries. And basically, they're all over the place. Uh, there's the United States, where the average person uses 2,842 cubic meters uh, of water per annum. Uh, that's 750,777 gallons per person per year in the United States, uh, which boils down to 2,056 gallons per person per day. Nowhere near 150. Uh, I then took a look at the UK, and they came up with 118 gallons per household per day. And so I looked into it a little bit further, and it turns out that the words personal use are the sticking point for this. Different countries specify different uh, things for personal use and what that actually entails. And so the numbers differ wildly. Nobody has anything even close to 150 gallons. Uh, they're almost all drastically over it or drastically under it. And so because 150 gallons is definitely wrong, I can judge it as false. You had more information nice. than me. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth in the united states uh we judge it by the following categories bath and shower time uh, shower is better if you're under eight minutes brushing and shaving which is better if you turn the faucet off while you're doing either of those uh washing dishes if you use a dishwasher you save about 40 percent of the water you wouldn't use if you did it by hand 
uh, washing clothes, flushing toilets, drinking water for both humans and pets, and then watering your lawn, which again makes it a little dubious because not all of us have lawns. And some of us are very thankful for that fact. That's right. <laughs> I am not an outdoor cat. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 65. A one-day weather forecast requires about 10 billion math calculations. I want to say true. Wow. Because with our current weather patterns, yeah. You're still wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know, right? It's like, come on, guys. you got to be right at least once. I I don't think that a person is doing this. I, I think it's a computer because, you know... We've, we've seen weather person, you can be wrong like every day of the week and still have a job. I'm going to go true because I actually have a friend who worked for the Weather Channel um, and is a meteorologist and climate scientist who, when he would talk about um, his job, he would talk about multiple models. Like they always, they would, mm-hmm. there's multiple ways to model things and they would do all the different ways. So if you've got all these computer programs running and they're all running a whole bunch of calculations, then that can add up to a lot of calculations very quickly. It's true. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I think the number is probably going to be pretty high regardless. It's just a question of whether or not, what was it? A million? Yeah. You know, whether or not a million is the number, I think it's probably a pretty high number, but I'm going to say true because of my friend Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey friend Scott. Scott. This one's for you, Scott. For you. <laughs> Well, now Rip. I gotta go. True, Scott's involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it just seems true. Yeah, I feel like we have to support Scott in this matter. The answer is huh. Huh? Oh well, all right. It still counts. It's still in Scott's favor. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so basically, one day weather forecast from who? Uh, it all depends on who's actually making the forecast. Um, and basically what you're doing is if you step outside and you look at the trees and they're swaying back and forth and you tell your friend, oh, I think it's going to be windy today. Technically, you've made a forecast and you haven't made any mathematical calculations. If you go to other countries, they don't have massive computer systems making their weather forecasts, you know, places like Taiwan and uh, Nepal, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they still make weather forecasts. And so without specifying the United States or anyone else, uh, I have to judge it as well. Uh. Makes sense. This game is dubious. We still love you, Scott. Sorry. (laughs) Next time. (laughs) I feel like I've been suckered, but let's continue. (laughs) Snapcat fact number 702. On average, a laptop uses half as much energy as a desktop computer. I don't. Uh, I'm going to say false because that's... There's... Way too much variables that go into that, depending on you know what kind of laptop you have, what kind of desktop you have. Is it a system built for modular? Is system built for whatever? A gaming laptop is going to use more than a word processor. But the question did say on average, which kills all of those arguments. Boom. <laughs> maybe it maybe I I don't know. What, I'm just... what, what is, what's the <laughs> all of a sudden one of the hosts got real silent on me. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the average computer though? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm recording on a Omen laptop, but I at work I have a Dell Inspiron. <laughs> <laughs> TK, I can't believe you admitted that on air. So on the blooper reel, I love it. <laughs> hey, episode seventy-two. So you're saying that 
the question was that the laptop makes less? Uh, on laptop average. uses half as much energy as a desktop computer. I'm going to go with false. I'm going to okay. say false. I think it's more. And the answer is false. Bah. Hey. Uh, as of 2018, the average 14 to 15 inch laptop uses 60 watts of energy while it is running. The average home computer uses 100 watts. Um, and of course, yes, I totally understand that gaming computers can go upwards of 500. Uh, but this is, again, uh, according to the government, uh, the average computer is using 100 watts. Uh, if you do the math on that, that means it's 40% less. Half is 50%, and thus it is false. Mm, 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 mm. I got one. Bam! Suck <laughs> <laughs> <Stop> it! <laughs> <laughs> Snapcap fact number 771. Some dinosaurs were as small as chickens. True. Yeah, that's true. True. And the answer is true. Yay. Dinosaur Yay. doesn't mean big lizard. It means terrible lizard. That's right. <laughs> uh, Nemecloptorus is a flying dinosaur that not only is the size of a chicken, but is the weight of a chicken. Uh, and it has wings. Although it flies. Hence it's Opterus. So what happens when the colonel gets a time machine? Crispy <laughs> uh, lizard. Nom nom. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, Jurassic Park has many errors. Um, velociraptors were actually the size of turkeys. Uh, the, the dinosaurs that you're looking at that they referred to as velociraptors were actually Dionychus. Dionychus, yep. Uh, Gallimimus were six feet long, not six feet high. And all of them had feathers. Fun. Okay, then. <laughs> I thought there would be more back and forth on that. I figured people would defend. Well, I'm trying to remember the, the movie now. Park I mean, they knew oh. his children. No, the, no. That, I watched the uh, whole thing on Saints Channel about the heirs in Jurassic Park when I was younger. Yeah, I took a class on dinosaurs, and we had to watch the movie. and It was very sad. It was a very long day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, we get it. They were wrong. Can we just move on? Yeah, and then you had to take a test afterwards about how wrong you really were as a kid. It was, oh, it was very sad. <laughs> First of all, I love that test. I want to take that test. Second of all, I'm so disappointed that people aren't angry about this. I had more facts that I can't say now because nobody's enraged. I, I was enraged for a while. I actually went to Dinosaurs Alive when I was a kid where they set up all the cool dinosaur exhibits. And a few years ago, me and my roommate went to one and went around and just educated people on why they were wrong and believing that these were accurate depictions of dinosaurs. I was like, you're going to get punched. <laughs> I had this whole thing on brontosaurus resonance chambers. Oh. Oh, I want to know about it. Now it's too late. Stupid Snapcat dinosaur. Fact number 890. And my heinous anger. The number one. Feisty. Or the word one appears on the dollar bill 16 times. I don't think it's 16. It is okay to whip out a $1 uh, bill if you have one. I, I do not have my wallet on me. I feel like I that's would. cheating. <laughs> Well, I feel like okay. this is I feel like this is going to be one of those tricksy ones because it's going to also be like okay how many different years are on the dollar bill you know like is 1776 mentioned okay that's a one is 1776 mentioned multiple times okay that's multiple ones um, and so forth wow this is <laughs> I feel like this is a national treasure oh you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna bust this one down right now um, there's a serial number on every dollar bill they're all different they can't all be 16 false all right why? And if what you, about and the if you try number? to tell me it's true, you're wrong. 
<laughs> Wait, why? What does the serial number have to do with it? There's going to be all sorts of different numbers in that serial number. And some of them are going to have ones, and some of them are not. And some of them are going to have one one, and some of them are going to have four ones. Ooh. Those serial numbers are going to be different across different individual dollar bills. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna unless well, unless if... they hide more ones on other yeah. bills that don't have enough ones in the serial number. Well, <laughs> what if every dollar bill's serial number always ends in zero zero one? Then it would never change, and only the first few numbers would. Yeah, but the serial number is like you know multiple um, alpha alphanumeric characters long. It's not just. Three I love more everything numbers. about this. I love everything about this. The only thing that could make it better is if you were all in the same room and there were knives. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I mean, those serial numbers are like, you know, what, 8, 10, 12 digits long? I'm going to say false. Because just, you know, I don't want to go get my wallet because I'm too lazy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it seems false to me that it would only, they would have 16. You're right there. If it has a one in the serial number, then if there are 16 embedded, then there's an extra one. Well, it could be more ones, less ones. Well, even on the dollar bill, like it says one and there's a, like a, a the number one is like right behind it. So. Yeah, a bunch of times. And right. it says one dollar and it has a bunch of ones in the corners and a bunch of O-N-E's in the corner. And it's yeah, got all these serial no. numbers and uh, they're just, this reeks of yeah. some sort of conspiracy. <laughs> false. We falsed it. <laughs> all right. Say Trugers, I swear. And the answer is true. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. That's impossible. I'm looking at it, Grizz. So, uh, let's start with the back. Yeah, there I'm is good. the number one in each of the right. corners, mm-hmm. on top of which is the word one in each of the right. corners. So, mm-hmm. each of those ones counts as one. Each of the other ones counts as one. That's a total of eight. You have right. one, the word, in the center. And you have right. one in the one dollar at the bottom. So, that's a right. total of ten for the back. Mm-hmm. On the front, you're going to have four, uh, right. one in the corners, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have one word one as the watermark over the treasury seal, right. and then one one in one dollar at the bottom. Yeah. So that's a total of six on the front. So right. that's six plus 10 is your 16. Any additional ones that are on the bill don't matter because it has 16 ones. Uh, so even no, if there's 17 sorry. ones, there's still 16 ones. That's semantics. Yes. Yeah, Welcome what? to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick question. I still think I won. I don't understand. Right, one or the, did you won like W O N or no. one is number one? <laughs> like I, I believe false is still correct because they weren't specific on that. He's right. The serial number right there has one. And then there's like, tens on there too that have technically a one right why don't they count because if let's say there are two other ones on the bill to make a total of 18 that still means that there's 16 oh whatever it's how it's worded it doesn't say they're less or more but they're just 16 so as long as they're 16 new tea brand (laughs) other places where there might be ones uh, there's the Federal Reserve District number. Any bill that comes from Boston will be labeled as number one. And any bill that comes from Dallas will be labeled as number 11. Uh, there's the serial number, of course. Uh, there's the plate number, which appears on both the front and the back of the bill. 
Uh, there's the series date and then the note number position, all of which can contain more than the normal 16 ones. In addition to that, there's e pluribus unum, which the word unum means one in Latin. Um, Snap caps, you tricky bastards. <laughs> I'm going to start drinking a, a new tea brand. Definitely, definitely going to start <laughs> drinking a new tea Just brand. Just make sure they're interesting. Yes. What? <laughs> Monster, you should totally, you know, sponsor the Threader. They don't, uh, but they don't have facts. What will Monster, start putting facts on your cans. <laughs> Get on that. Just start smashing random on Wikipedia. <laughs> random wiki fact number. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> One million two hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> fun fact: In addition to e pluribus unum, uh, the bills also contain two other Latin phrases. Uh, novus ordo seclorum, which means new order of the ages, and annuit cuptus, uh, which means he favors our undertakings. I still think we win, Craig. I'm just saying. By a score of three I'm to three you. to two, Fist there is bump. a tie. C-A and T-K. Hey. This happens hey, more than it T-K. should. <laughs> um, ew, we're friends. I know, but we <laughs> seem to tie. It's like, Do you shouldn't not the guest win? <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't know what's coming. We never hear that. We don't hear the facts beforehand, but we tie a lot. I we tried think- to win by counting one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we seem to. Uh, we, we seem to think the same when it comes to snap caps. Well, we are best friends, so that's bound to happen. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet, guys. And now it's time for what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? There it is, Greg. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'll, you know, I can stop boxes anytime I want. <laughs> well, they're adding me now on Twitter, so I can't. <laughs> I have a following of boxes. No joke. I keep getting <laughs> every few weeks. I get one like the random box friended you on Twitter. <laughs> like that. The, so- the funny thing was the sock box. The sock box, yes, the empty box. They're all coming for me. <laughs> We're in the middle of a, a stream. It's he like DMs me. The sock box followed you on Twitter. I just yell, "What the fuck is a sock box?" That's phenomenal. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that Snapcap. Yes. <laughs> Continue, Grid. Sorry. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Sure. Ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely nothing unusual has happened in the past 72 hours. That's your story and you're sticking to it. The next 72 hours are spent traveling and camping. You and the Molly's Yak make your way to the Wilted Banana Peninsula. This was once the furthest point north you had ever traveled. Now it's just a footnote. Molly and Minimal have trouble keeping up with you as you are practically jogging the last three miles to the port town of Bananarama. You gaze with misty eyes at the dozens upon dozens of masts belonging to trade ships that halo the rooftops of this bustling burg. A hefty investment of gold coins installs you in a posh motel with a fantastic bed, a warm bath, and enough food to feed an army. The hotel also comes with patrolling guards on the balconies and a wait staff who will bring you various amenities at your request. Sure, it's expensive, but every now and then, you gotta pamper yourself. Ironically, however, 
all these perks leave you unsettled. You've gotten used to sleeping on hard earth and fighting for your life. All night long you toss and turn, too comfortable, watching the patrolling guard on your deck pass you by like the ticking hands of a clock slowly counting down towards checkout time. But just as the first streams of light crest above the horizon, lighting up the facades of the buildings outside your window, the guard fails to pass. At first, you assume maybe it's some sort of shift change, but then you hear the distant sounds of screaming from the streets on the other side of town. You leap from bed and rush to the deck. Now outside, the cries of the populace can be heard more clearly. You turn to your left and see your faithful timekeeper, the guard, leaning against the wall at the end of your deck. You approach him to ask what's going on. He doesn't respond. When you touch his shoulder, he rolls towards you with a snore. On the side of his face and neck, dozens of toothpick-sized arrows. You recognize them immediately. You rush into your room breathlessly and gather up your things with lightning speed. You've just finished strapping your Sam Shear to your hip when you hear screams coming from the guest downstairs. Thinking quickly, you exit back on your balcony. Using a technique you shall henceforth refer to as reverse frog, you descend down the side of the building by leaping onto balconies beneath you. And when you land on the street, you grab a picnic table to use as cover, and despite the added weight, race towards the manger where you left Molly and Minnie Mall. You find the manger manager has already fled. You, Molly, and Minimal burst forth into Bedlam. The entire town is being overrun by dog-faced creatures. Fuck these dog-faced <laughs> creatures, I swear! <laughs> you Next item I have, I'm putting them in a box. <laughs> <laughs> you race towards the docks, desperate to commandeer a boat. On your way, a dog-faced creature leaps down from a rooftop, bow in hand. As he draws on you, you swing your samshear and cut his bow in twain. Kicking the dog face through the window of a storefront attracts even more unwanted attention. Again using your table as a shield, you rush the yaks down to the end of the docks towards a relatively tiny boat just big enough for a pleasure cruise. You go to point out to Molly which boat you want her to get into, but you find your arm refusing to cooperate. It's asleep, tingly, and home to three tiny arrows. Molly hesitates to get aboard. You drop the table and windmill your now unconscious arm, slapping her in the rump with an open palm and sending her leaping through the air and onto the bow. The landing is ugly, but she'll survive. Minnie Moll, wanting nothing of the windmill, follows unquestioningly. You rush to the bow lines. In your haste to cast off, you step out from behind your makeshift cover and take two more arrows for your troubles. Approaching armlessness, you go to leap off the dock in a heroic fashion that people will talk about for years to come, but your left leg fails to register any brain signals due to the arrival of four more arrows. This is so extreme. <laughs> you plummet into the water, barking out instructions on your way into the drink. Molly, save me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> By some miracle, Molly speaks drunken imbecile and rushes to your aid. As the boat drifts away from the dock, you sidestroke with the conscious half of your body towards the boat. Molly leans down and, with outstretched <laughs> neck, bites down on your hair, hoisting you Aww. up into the boat. Thrilled to not be drowning, you ignore the horrific pain in your head and lunge towards the throttle, gunning the engine and pulling away from the fracas. 
Slumped against the side of the boat and unable to move, you squint into the sun and make out a dozen humans and countless feral cats being hauled off by the swarming mass. Like a colony of army ants, the dog-faced creatures wash over the streets of Bananarama like a black tide. For years, its citizens will curse your name in their darkest hours, and their children will cry out in the night remembering the tale of the Yak Keeper. But for now, you're in the clear. No tracing you across water, and these creatures are too stupid to sail a boat. <laughs> onward to glory, onward to destiny, onward to safety. After about a half an hour, you can feel your extremities again. You crawl down the stairs to below decks, where you stumble about searching for a map. You find one on the counter, on top of which is a box. Based on its size and shape and markings, you fully expect to find a compass inside. But you are surprised when you lift the lid to find, instead, a curious curio. It won't help you navigate, <laughs> but it certainly will cover the dock fee when you finally arrive. Wherever the hell you're going, my question for you is this. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's the box? DK, what's in your box? As you open the box, there is a mask. No way. That's so weird. I have a mask, too. (laughs) 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 I swear we don't plan this. We're such besties. What does your mask do? (laughs) Well, that depends if you put it on or not. Yes, Chris, Chris, you have to ask questions. Do you watch TK's Horror Theater and then (laughs) he brings one of his masks over and you're like, oh, the mask, right. I'm just saying you play one of TK's games and you never dream the same again, okay? (laughs) Can't tell a good thing or bad thing. (laughs) I mean, I keep coming back for more, so I guess it's pretty good. Is this mask the sad clown or the happy clown? Neither. It looks almost like a Zorro mask. Okay, so like an eye mask, like a bandit would wear. Yeah. Does it cover any other features other than the eyes? It does. It also covers uh, the bridge of your nose, and it looks like it has a little strap that comes under to cover up your chin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did he have an Adam's apple? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, what color is your mask? The mask is black. Of course it is. Okay. I can't ask Craig to put this on. Chris, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does the mask clash with your outfit? So sad. <laughs> uh, are there any inscriptions on the mask? Not that you can see. Is it like the Princess Bride where it goes up over your scalp and covers your hair? Yes. All right, now I can't mirror the West. <laughs> Fine. I'll put on the mask. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> what evil befalls her? What can uh, I see? Her teeth fall out, don't they? Uh, <laughs> no. When, when you not put the on the mask, uh, you feel like a like little tassels on the back become a cape. Well, and I'm a super you so feel a yourself lifting off the ground. I'm levitating. Up to about three feet Aww. off the ground, you're levitating. It can walk on the air, and also the mask begins to your your clothing begins to change as this black bodysuit dons you and your fingers become kind of claw like guys i'm chris angel (laughs) (laughs) i just want to say i feel like this would be completely different if i had put on the mask Um... no the the mask does a very specific thing 
It's uh, known as the Mask of the Bat. The Mask of... I am a bat. I am a fruit bat. I am the fruitiest bat of them all. <laughs> there, there is a Can weapon bat? that connects to allow you to fly, and there's a giant... Like a real one? No, a, a fox head. You wear, you're wearing a oh. mask of the fox bat. Like... I'm a fox bat. Can I? Oh, can I fly tree to tree? You can. Is that like and a? You thing? can also hang upside down. <laughs> I would like to fly tree to tree. <laughs> well, is she gliding or is she flying? You can I fly, but glide. currently she is gliding in the air. About three feet, she's hovering. Because that just jokes on you. You're on a boat, and now it's leaving. Say. <laughs> 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 Ah, that you wish you had wore this mask now. It also gives you uh, echolocations. You can, if you're blinded, you can still see. <laughs> That's good. You can tell if the dog faces are following. <laughs> Be sure to let me know before I write next week's story. <laughs> oh no! I like it. It's good. Yeah, comes in very handy. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, in order to get away, you have to run and tie a mask to your face at the same time. I don't know that too many people can do that. Just get a you the know, fruit bad fox does check. not run. Thank you. What kind of check Just get is it? Get a fourteen or above on your dex check. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah, this is me. We're talking about the queen of ones and fives. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I do so well in Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> you drop the mask, slip on it, and slide down the. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Craig. Yes. What's yeah. in your box? What's in your box? A pocket watch. Hmm. What time Ooh. is it? It is... Um, how long has it been since we left the dock? Uh, definitely half an hour for the uh, for the sleeping to wear off, so maybe 35 minutes? It's 35 past noon or midnight, depending on your particular point of view, hmm. on the watch. So the watch is wrong, but it, it, it appears that it had perhaps been right at the you know all hands pointing up the moment you got on the boat i knew i should add it what time it was to the story That's it's okay. 9 12 9 12 in the morning <laughs> sure. it's 12 35 on the watch uh what kind of fob uh, does the uh, pocket watch come with um it does not have a case it's on a chain with the little you know the little uh, sure. clip on the end um and it's been a long time but it looks an awful lot like the pocket watch that your father had. Ooh. It's like the same ghostly. Style. Ooh. It just got personal. <laughs> can you change Papa? the time on the clock? Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, fiddling with the dial, yes, you can, you can change the time. I open up TK's purse, and the opera is singing in the background. <laughs> Wait, Grizz, was that the time when your dad died? I don't want to talk about that. that. when the watch stopped? But it's important. This is way too personal. <laughs> so when I changed the time, did anything happen? Are we old now? Or uh, I, No, nothing Does happens. Does the train I just missed come back? Mm, nothing happens. Nothing happens um, immediately. You change the time. You, you know, just kind of roll, roll, the, roll it forward. And uh, just t- you know, testing it, you roll it forward five minutes. And it stops until five minutes had passed, and then it picks up again, exactly where it should be if it had been running the moment you left the, from you know all hands straight up when you left the dock. Is there an engraving on it? 
Um, you open up, you know, it's a one, uh, the, the type of pocket watch that pops open. You know, it's got the mm -hmm. spring-loaded cover. Right. Um, and inside, um, engraved on uh, the inside, is very, very faint. Like, it's seen much better years um, um, and been worn down. Um, it says, time always wins. Well, not for your dad, Grizz. <laughs> Jeez! That's what he said! She ain't going right for the... Right I for wrote it on his gravestone! <laughs> oh my god, no. So, <laughs> if I twirl it in my hands, can I punch out a Slytherin before my next class? Sure, why not? Oh, yes. That's what I like to hear. CA, what's in your box? Oh, right. Inside... Well, we know what's in the box, but give us details. You don't know what's in my box. I do. It's a mask. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> this is a psychic. Fine. Does it cover <laughs> your uh, epiglottis? Um, let me describe my mask. Thank you. I'm so sorry. You find half of a large coconut <laughs> with the endocarp carved out. Carved okay. into the coconut husk appears to be facial features of a human. Like, are we talking Ron Perlman human or generic stick figure human? <laughs> Ron Perlman, human. <laughs> All right, I'm out. It's a tiki mask. Is that our baseline for human? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how human was he? Ron Perlman, human. <laughs> I was. I, yeah, I. I wasn't at the meeting. I, I'm, I'm glad to know that Ron Perlman is the baseline. <laughs> for CA, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, are there any jewels in the mask? There is not, no. Okay. Uh, is there like a tap uh, from which perhaps coconut milk might flow? No. I mean, there are some holes um, that normal coconuts would have. Um, sure. But nothing that was placed on purpose. Yes. Uh, the well-known leaky coconut. <laughs> Southern delicacy. <laughs> um, is, it, is it still hairy? It is, you know, yes. So, so oh. now, does, does the hair coincide properly with the facial features? <laughs> That's the camouflage. No, it, do it doesn't match the facial features. It doesn't have a mustache, gotcha. Mm -mm. Does no. it look like a dog person? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It looks like Ron Perlman, remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, in Beauty and the Beast, he kind of looked like Oh, a dog that's person. true. That's right. Mm. Swear to God, I have, I'm, I'm Googling Ron Perlman to find out what we're talking about. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> He does look like a coconut. That's, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> That'll be my next Twitter poll. What what looks more like a coconut? This Choice coconut one, a coconut. Choice two, Ron Perlman. <laughs> I, I'm going to answer Ron Perlman. Ah, it's episode title. <laughs> coconut v. Perlman. Heavyweight champion of the world. Hmm. <laughs> A quick side note: Right now, marine biologist is beating architect for what is it? What it is <laughs> by a three to one margin. It's 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 winning big. But um, back to the coconut. Um, <laughs> is it is it? I mean, is it just a carving? Does it does it does it? You just you know you hold it, you talk to it, you punch it in the Ron Perlman nose. Like, does it do anything? <laughs> when you punch it, it doesn't do anything. No. Does it have like, let's say, a string or something like that with which you would hold it onto your face? Uh, no, it does not. But it is a mask. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Can I put it on Molly? Oh yes. 
<laughs> you can. <laughs> but I don't. No, you clearly sure? That would be animal that, cruelty, that, and we don't oh, we don't it, go for that like, in the show. What are you show. doing to Molly? <laughs> <laughs> Very well. I shall wear the mask. <laughs> Thank you, because I I would have really said <laughs> her udders dry. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to my udders instead? <laughs> oh, no. God. We we've so been you, here before. So you put on this this large so you Ron. Remember. You put on this large Ron Perlman like coconut onto your face. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it fits perfectly. However, you I have those <laughs> robust Hollywood features. <laughs> However, you begin to feel your mandible dislocate. Hey now, and your mandible starts to crack, and the tiny sutures to your parietal bone splinter as it shifts under your occipital bone. The discomfort of your temporal bones pierce through your <laughs> eyes, and just when you think that it's too much for you, just when you think you can't handle the intense pressure. The husk falls to the floor. You have now taken on a different persona with the and mask. you are Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> the things you have done to my bone are inappropriate. <laughs> with anatomic specificity, I might add. Can I, be I don't Ron even have Perlman? time to Google all that you did to me. You would then take 25 points of damage yeah, from of wearing course. this mask. However... If you take on the persona of somebody you know or have met before, you can add one of their spells to your list now that you've taken on to their form. Um, If it's somebody you don't know, there is a list of a hundred different spells and unique things that can happen if you like gladiator or like a high priestess, things like that, um, where you could get a random spell that you could keep with you. Um, There's also bonuses like if you were more of like a rogue, that kind of thing, you could um, use two swords and different abilities like that on the list. Um, As soon as you take like a long rest, uh, your normal features will come back. Um, But every time you use the mask, you take on more damage. Fascinating. Interesting. So, so what? What I'm hearing is I'm going to uh, give this mask to someone during stream one day, and like (laughs) this is what you get for not listening to the podcast. Specific (laughs) person who hosts a game with me every Tuesday. Yay! (laughs) This is TK's Tiki torture. Well, I tell you what, these are some tough choices this week, mm-hmm. but I have to go with Heirloom Boomerang, uh, the pocket watch that came back to see me. Craig, you are our winner. I feel like that's a consolation prize for lo- losing at the <laughs> true-false thing, but I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> so my father, I said, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Oh, is it supposed to have a magic thing going on with it? <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want to. Okay, when it winds down, you can talk to your father's spirit and ask him advice. Oh. And then when he tells you to wind it back up, you have to follow his directions. Then you can't talk to him again until it winds down. Oh. What'd your daddy say? (laughs) (laughs) Filthy. That is. (laughs) He's like, um, I don't like these people you're hanging out with. Uh, They're bad influence. It's like, what are you doing? It's me. What are you doing on this podcast, <laughs> son? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Mm. Just 
we are controlling transmission. All right. So now we're going to wrap up the end of our show. Uh, first of all, let me thank Craig for being here today. Thanks, Craig. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on by. This has been fun. Of course. Yes. yes, you have been an exceptional guest. We really appreciate you stopping by. Yeah. Exceptional. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one on the business card. <laughs> Game designer, exceptional podcast. <laughs> and then architect. And then I architect. love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Middle billing. It fits. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you, are you doing anything this week other than, I know, you know, just promoting the Kickstarter in general is the thing, but do you have any podcast or anything like that that you're going to be on uh, that you want to tell us about? I'm going to be on uh, So Chatty with Maddie on Saturday night. Nice. Um, and uh, I've got a podcast that I do with a friend and some, like a rotating panel of guests where we just talk about geeky stuff. Um, the topics kind of go all over the place and that's called the Nerdburger Show, nerdburgershow.com. Yay. Awesome. Um Going on very soon, it will be six years without missing a single week. Wow, nice. that's impressive! Holy smokes. That is yeah, awesome. boy, you're putting us to shame. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't. We it's come to the point that me and my buddy Mike are basically like neither one of us is going to be that guy that kills it. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, neither one of us is going to be the one that makes us miss a week. So now it's just you know we're doing it out of spite. Even on your deathbed, <laughs> you're still going. We're so bad at podcasting that we actually have an episode that was destroyed by a previous episode. That's how bad we are. Oh, we had our moments in the early episodes. If you go way back to single digits, there's one episode where we didn't realize our microphones weren't working properly. And we were recording all three people in the room through the microphone in the laptop. And the only reason reason it's halfway listenable is because Mike and I were close to the laptop so you could hear us well. And the one other person that was in the room who was a little further away has a very deep resonant voice. Nice. So it carries. That is well. nice. But, there's this, but it's it's terrible audio. It's like the it's like the shatter. Well, yeah, you have to keep it going. Ran where no one could hear me, but they could hear the players fine. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, for those of you who might be interested in attending Wizard World in St. Louis, uh, we have a friend, and her name is Exboshi. Did I pronounce that yep. right? Bo. Uh, and she has a code uh, for Wizard World. If you want to receive 20% off of your tickets, uh, you would use the code XBOSHI, XB0SHI3X. Uh, if you punch in that code again, 20% off of your tickets. So that's a huge discount for one of these cons. You know, the tickets are super pricey. They're also known as Brandolph the Blonde, and they are an incredible cosplayer. Definitely go give them a follow and say hello. Uh, the St. Louis Wizard World happens uh, April 5th, 6th, and 7th this year, 2019. Uh, so that kind of gives you about a month or so uh, to use that code. Uh, in addition to that, also in April, uh, our, one of our other podcasts on the Empire Steel Podcast Network is Arc City. And in April, yes. they will be launching Season 2, uh, which I know David Steele and his crew are very excited about. Steel Empire. Yes. Uh, that will be sometime in April. I don't have a date, uh, like a specific date on that yet. Um, but David Steele plays Lawful Good. And uh, you can check that out. Uh, as soon as we get details, further details, we'll let you know. But keep an eye out for it. Yeah, if you like Dark Mysteries, that's the podcast yes. for you. And just the, mm-hmm. go, if, you're, if you haven't yet listened like 10 times like I have, go listen to season one about 10 times. And see if you can mm-hmm. figure out all the stuff that I've yet to figure out. <laughs> yeah, each time you listen, you pick up on new new clues and things like that that are very interesting. Remember to listen to the commercials. 
Dun, dun, dun. And then finally, August 1st through the 4th, 2019 is Gen Con. Gen Con. Uh, yes, I will be there. <laughs> yes. I guess that's me, right? Yeah. As will many thread writers, mm. right? Yes, there will be all kinds of thread readers going. I think we're up to like maybe seven thread readers are going. A lot of people from the community go to Gen Con. It's, I believe, the the largest convention in the United States now. Um, they just added a new hotel, so that means even more gaming, so it should be intense. Uh, we haven't heard anything back about the event yet. We're on phase two. Apparently, there's three phases to this <laughs> event process. Um <laughs> We are going to be getting together Wednesday night uh, where we all get to know each other. People can trade like their business cards and we have dinner and drinks. Um, it usually goes on for about like six to seven hours last year. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> uh, I think it was like 50, 53 people came in the end. Uh, so feel free. Come join us if you can. Let me know ahead of time so that I can prepare the restaurant for all of our excitement. And there's also going to be the Thread Raiders Breakfast, which is new. Uh, we haven't done this before. Yes, that breakfast will be in the ladies' room at the Sunoco, <laughs> which is catty corner to the convention center. So Very originally, good. we were going to have it in my Airbnb. However, it's it's become bigger than I thought it was going to be. So now we cannot do it in my Airbnb. So I don't know if I'm just going to cook in the kitchen and then bring it somewhere or if we're going to a <laughs> restaurant. So stay tuned. <laughs> You're wandering through the hotel with trays of food. People are going to think C8 works there. Yes. There's a woman on the elevator with 16 quiches. <laughs> and make sure you say hello to Craig, because you will be there, right, Craig? I will be. Oh, yes. And I'll be Yay. probably about half of my time I'll be spending in the IGDN room um, running um, various games of mine, including the first um, ever uh, 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 premiere, like, uh, games of something that has been slowly brewing in development Ooh. a brand new game i can't wait i'm yeah. so excited and also tabletop loot our sponsor will be there so i'm looking forward and to hanging out with them for those of you who who know play and terminally nerdy go find him at gen con because uh mm -hmm. and tell him that tk says hello <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will find them. <laughs> he he's an awesome person who he he does a lot more uh, creative stuff now that he's found his footing again. But anyway, he is really looking forward to meeting a lot of people. He'll be there with Savrick. Mm hmm And Ice Cream Dice will be there too. He's notorious for not eating, so make sure you bring him a little slice of quiche. <laughs> if you see Death by Mage there, tell him to eat food, because, you know, he will forget. We know, Mage. Mage, if you're listening, we know you, dude. <laughs> I will find you and force you to eat. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, once again, I want to thank Craig for being here. Uh, we also want to thank our sponsor, Tabletop Loot. If you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, you receive a 10% discount off of your order. And uh, also our other sponsor, Founders Coffee. If you're looking for a great cup of coffee in the morning, you should check out founderscoffee.us. Uh, they have some great stuff waiting there for you. We are also a member of the Empire Steel Podcast Network, which includes us, Arc City, and A Quest for Magic and Steel. Great podcasts all. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a tweet to help us spread the word. And for more information on the Thread Raiders, you can go to threadraiders.com, where we have links to all of our social media properties, including Facebook, Twitch, etc., etc., etc.